and welcome to Asian Conversations with Scott and Ari. Today we're going to talk about self-promotion and social media in the realms of boxing. So arguably one of the best ways to prom- for a boxer to promote themselves is putting on a, a good performance. Would you agree, Scott? I certainly agree. I think for somebody like Mike Tyson, for example, built an aura of their performances. His performances were destructive, they were exciting, they got fans tuning in. Um, Manny Pacquiao was the same. Uh, a little Filipino who at the time broke and spoke almost no English had fans on the edge of their seat wanting to watch more of him. This past weekend, we saw another Filipino, John Real Casimero, put in a similar type of performance. He had fans clamoring to see more of him. He was really exciting, really explosive, and just threw power punch after power punch when he fought Duke Mika. Also, just a few hours later, we saw Rintaro Kimura on a YouTube stream do something similar. His performance was very different to Casimero's, but his was... Just as exciting, just as wonderful to watch. He ended up getting compared to um, Lomachenko. He ended up having fans raving about him, despite the fact he was only in his second professional belt. So, yeah, I mean, obviously two kind of performances in the ring where there is a, a buzz being generated about them um, in regards to kind of how they perform. But I guess also there's a difficulty in regards to post and pre-performance, I guess, promotion. Yeah, so pre-performance, you could perhaps talk about what you're going to do in the ring or your opponent um, and try and build up that particular fight. But after the fight, the minutes after the fight where you get interviewed, that's a really, really powerful time to self-promote yourself. Um, you see someone thanking the team, thanking God, thanking Al Herman. Or you could go, fuck you, I want to fight you, man. Come on, give me a fight with you. Like we saw Casemiro do with uh, Inoue. He made it very clear. I am wanting to target the monster. I am wanting this fight. Let me have this fight. And it's created a lot of buzz about Casemiro after the fight that, in fairness, I don't think was there beforehand. I think he's actually built that fight, even though we haven't really got any closer to getting it. Yeah, so I guess that's a really good uh, way of kind of post-performance, post-fight, generating a really kind of um, big buzz about him and maybe even kind of bringing new fans to him or people wanted to follow him to see this this fight that he's called out yeah it certainly has um increased the interest in seeing casimero again it's increased the u.s profile of casimero versus a new fight and there was an mma fight a few years ago who basically said the most important thing that you can do after you win is to talk shit basically and call someone out make fans want to see you again and that's exactly what he did yeah and it sounds like he's done it really well but i guess also the pre kind of performance and the 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 promotion of of a fighter's um uh, career i guess would be much more on social media these days as opposed to other more traditional forms of media i guess yeah so we've actually seen casimiro's clip of him calling out in a replay over and over and over on social media his manager i believe um sean gibbons is a genius at using social media He's got people talking about this guy and yeah, it's not only him though. We see numerous fighters showing off various things on social media, be it call-outs, be it part of their life, some training, uh, the things with pets. Shingo Wake a few weeks ago put up something really funny with his dog ripping his house apart. Um, dietary advice, there's all sorts of ticket sales. I'm making an announcement on my next fight soon and yeah, social media is... It's a way for fighters to explain every bit about their life that they feel comfortable sharing. 
Yeah, and I think again that that it generates kind of a, a connection between the fighter and the fans, which I I guess is really important, particularly when you're talking about kind of um, particularly obviously when uh, fans are allowed back into to kind of arenas to see these fighters is is kind of ticket sales and the buying of their product and their buying of streams or pay per views and things like that. I guess that connection is really important to generate sales. It's, I guess it's actually more important now than it is when fans are allowed in venues. Mm. We've seen, we know there's not going to be any fans in venues. We know no one's going to sell tickets for the next few weeks. Fine. That puts everyone on even footing, essentially. Yeah. Um, but getting people to watch you now is incredibly important. And if you can do that now, uh, when sports revenues are down, sports views are down, I guess that sort of proves you are bit more of a star than somebody else so yeah getting eyeballs on your product right now thanks to social media is really really vital especially if you're on something like the zone or pay-per-view or a subscription service or perhaps trying to break through now's the perfect time yeah i think yeah i think it is and i think it's it is such a a i mean obviously we talked about finances and stuff but for fans it really kind of um it connects you to the fighters, whether you like them or you don't. And if you if you go, oh, I don't particularly like so and so, following them, you know, and and um, following who they're calling out and things like that. Again, it's generating that kind of buzz around, which I guess is is really important for for fighters' careers. Yeah, um, fans are one thing, haters are a completely different thing. <laughs> yeah. And in many ways, it's combining those two really well that helped you become a star. Um, Floyd Mayweather was famous for it. Yeah. And Koki Kanida, angry played the best heel in Asian boxing history. <laughs> His fight with Daisuke Naito was a rating success. Honestly, the TV view numbers were 50-something percent of Kanto, I believe, tuned in. Mm. Insane numbers of viewers. And most of them want to see Kanida lose. He'd been a loud, brash, arrogant git. Mm -hmm. And this was before social media. <laughs> uh, Muhammad Ali. Also, mm -hmm. people want to see him get beat. And those two fighters in the social media era would have done insane viewership. They'd have had just as many people on their side as they would have had against them. Yeah. Um, making people dislike you is very, very, very profitable. Yeah, I mean, never underestimate the kind of power of people kind of want to see you get knocked out, I guess. It certainly helps on like Conor McGregor. Yeah. And I guess the other social media, which is kind of, I guess, my favourite uh, social media and, and and kind of one that I feel is much more of a way to connect to fans, I guess, is Instagram. And I know you previously mentioned Ryan Garcia. Yeah, Ryan Garcia, a massive star on Instagram. He's used that um, that particular social media really, really well. Um, do you think that perhaps his looks connects more to Instagram audience than it does perhaps a Twitter audience. Yeah, I guess the big thing about uh, particularly Instagram, I would have assumed is it's it, it's what I would assume is a higher percentage of females on Instagram. And I know obviously there is male and I know male celebrities use it very well. But I'm just wondering if there's that that possibilities maybe a bit more female orientated and i guess it depends on his his posts i mean i'm not uh i don't follow him on instagram myself but yeah i guess it's it's 
it's difficult to see though how we would turn kind of fans on Instagram onto kind of um, watching him, buying into his streams, buying tickets, etc. You mentioned female. Do you also think it's younger than it is on Twitter, for example? Or yeah, I would have I would have gone that it's lower on Twitter, and I think my age will probably be at the probably upper limit of people using Instagram, um, and I do think it is a predominantly kind of younger um kind of i don't know, i'd say maybe 16 or 25 something like that kind of market but i guess interestingly that could be a, a good thing really to bring people um into kind of buying him but also boxing in general i mean what's the average boxing age the average age of a fan in the us for boxing who pay to actually watch sports around 57 and very dominant, predominantly male. Yeah. We, with our demographics and our uh, analytics, see a lot of male viewers. We don't see a lot of female viewers. And I wonder if that's an untapped market that perhaps hasn't been tapped in the US properly since maybe um, Oscar De La Hoya. In Japan, it was Joishiro Tatsuyoshi that attracted female fans very well. Mm. And maybe it is an untapped market. It's somewhere to grab new fans from and make yourself stand out. Yeah, I mean, even even if he doesn't necessarily grab um, the whole kind of female kind of sport market, I would say that there is a lot of young males that would be on um, Instagram as well. And I think that they again, that could be a really untapped market for his 57 is is a lot older than I would have kind of reckoned. And I guess there's that thing about kind of bringing new fans into that. that I think maybe you could get on Instagram. And I suspect you can also probably monetize Instagram a lot easier than maybe Twitter. Um, you mentioned that you don't expect these fans to be buying into his boxing. Um, maybe that's true, but they could buy into things like fitness hmm. products, uh, gym products, weighing in products, personal caring products. These things that you can target from him onto that big marketplace. Yeah, and I guess the other one is that particularly Instagram has a kind of a video function. I'm wondering even if it's if he wasn't necessarily selling his fight, he could maybe get sponsorships or things like that where that 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 engagement is that he's putting on a fight, say for free on Instagram, but there's sponsorship or a f sparring or something which has generated people's kind of interest, even if he has a particular sports drink he drinks after workout. These are great tools to do kind of advertising in as well, which is another income that might, is I feel is a bit more underutilized maybe. So uh, his big issue at the moment is that Dazon haven't offered him, or Golden Boy haven't offered him enough money to actually fight. Mm. But you could offset against Instagram advertising and brand awareness, even selling things like baseball caps, t-shirts, mm -hmm. whatever. You could perhaps offset the person, the law purse that design offering against these products, um, advertising, promotional things. So maybe there is actually a big marketplace there that's just gone massively undertapped. Yeah, and I think if you were particularly Ryan Garcia's uh, promoter, I'd be really looking into these because, um, yeah, there is a lot of kind of uh, places which are underutilized, and I think if he'd if he was to tap into it then I think you, you could be making some serious kind of money related to that thing. Just a shit that Ryan Gassi is from anti anyway anymore. Maybe he needs a new promoter. <laughs> and maybe that's what they're going to go and 
see lawyers about in the near future, <laughs> maybe. Um, but yeah, there is, of course, other social medias out there. Yeah, and I, I know uh, we particularly, obviously, I've just mentioned um, kind of Instagram doing videos. And one of the biggest newer kind of video um, uh, social media platforms is TikTok. And again, like I said previous, I think there could be a really um, interesting way to get that advertising, to get that marketing through these smaller videos that they post on TikTok, but also generate that fan base as it's another way to connect to the fans. And I mean, even I've seen footballers do dances with their partner. I've seen them, you know, where they're being a bit more silly. And I guess that would be a really interesting side to maybe see from a boxer. Would you perhaps say that TikTok had a different uh, demographic to Instagram as well? Yeah, again, I would have gone younger, but I would... Yeah, I'd have gone that that as probably more 50-50 in terms of gender. But again, I'd have put that at the lower end of the Instagram is what I said. So kind of 16 to maybe early 20s. So again, it's about generating maybe a newer market to, to buy into to kind of boxes. We don't we see a lot of boxes on TikTok as far as I'm aware. Again, I don't use the service personally, but I don't imagine you see many of them on there. No, but I think, and then actually, I think you... you you do well when they are on there, but as famous people, you can also get your tick and things like that. So you can be known to be that you're a, a kind of a celebrity or whatever. So I think maybe that kind of promotion will kind of generate fans, I guess, to watch your videos. It could be a case that perhaps tighten a young kid on or youngsters on TikTok could say, Dad, Dad, I really want to watch this guy fight. Mm. Dad, I hear and that, again, it could just perhaps maybe get the father to rekindle mm. his love for the sport or his grandfather or whoever. So maybe that is an untapped market indirectly as opposed to directly, unlike Instagram where maybe the advertisers are the people you want to market to. TikTok, it's the indirect fathers, the ones who perhaps are not in love for the sport now. They haven't got Mike Tyson or they haven't got Oscar Del Hoyer or Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, Dad, I love this guy. Yeah. So maybe there is something there that perhaps could be touched on. Yeah, again, generating that buzz around somebody's name is is that kind of important factor, I guess, with a lot of this promotion. And talking about a buzz around someone's name, we've of course got Hiroto Kaigushi, who's created a big buzz with his own YouTube channel. Mm. Um, do you see YouTube perhaps being a social media platform for fighters? Yeah, actually, I'm surprising. I, I was sorry, I was surprised how kind of I guess un underused it is in a way of um for for kind of social media because it's so easy to put up a video of your fight either pre-recorded or live and things like that and you think this could be a perfect way to promote even if it's not a full fight or or you know you could put sparring you could put um, little parts of the fight or workouts and I feel like there's a real way that you could promote yourself through these videos even videos calling people out you know talking about fights you know you, you can really kind of generate that name again around I know with Kaigushi he will be streaming his next world title fight on the channel um, his channel's got something like 120,000 subscribers I think it may have more now but that's what it had when his belt was announced um, he puts up training videos, he puts up talking videos, chat show type things with people he knows. Um, again, it could appeal to a cross market. If he does one of those with somebody who 
is really, really big in Japan outside of boxing. Um, and it's someone like Hyde or um, Demon Kaka or someone who perhaps does have some perhaps lesser known connection to boxing but has a big following outside of outside the sport. Maybe that's how you should be doing it. And over here we get um, MTK shows live on YouTube. Um, so MTK, for those who don't know, I promote a managerial company and their videos are live shows, but quite often it feels like they're under under promoted. Do you think they'd perhaps be helped out if they did speak to somebody from another sport, maybe, or someone who's famous in these countries? Yeah, I, and I think YouTube particularly lends itself for almost that collaborative working and, and that collaboration with videos. And I think that can work really well where you you kind of utilize other people's um kind of, i guess fan bases almost even if it's it could be even fighters that are very similar in terms of their sports the same with somebody that's a boxer and a mixed martial arts i think there could be a, a quite an interesting crossover even talkers or performances or what you know whatever i funny you mentioned that mixed martial artists and boxers Kaiguchi quite rightly gets uh, MMA guys to sit on his videos with him. See, we should be promoters. Um, but yeah, maybe a football team behind somebody over here mm-hmm. in the UK. Um, I know in Japan, um, the Nita Kawasaki gym worked well with Kawasaki Fontal. In the UK, Josh Warrington and Leeds. So maybe that is just somewhere to grab more fans from. Uh, using YouTube, perhaps doing commentary for the football team and in return... I'll have you on the pitch. I don't know. Maybe there is just some untapped market there. Yeah. And I think even at its core, kind of, um, if, you, if you strip back the promotion on YouTube to its basics, it's a way to show your fans how you're training, how you're preparing, how you're fighting, you know, what, you know, techniques, tactics and things like that. I think it, it's basic. It's it's about showing fans what you, what you can do, maybe. Uh, talking about connecting with fans, maybe we should be looking at other avenues as well for fighters. Um, one that I know a lot of wrestlers are using now is Twitch. Mm. And connecting a video game market into their... Of course, wrestling video games... Uh, wrestling and video games go hand in hand. At least they did until last year. Um, and maybe that is just another avenue that perhaps we could be looking at fighters showing themselves on Twitch, playing games, trying to show that human side of themselves. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's a really good way to guess, um, have a fan following. And again, like a lot of these, it's it's another way you can be on social media connecting to your fans. You know, it could be something like, um, you know, ask uh, an ask me anything kind of thread or, you know, video, something like that, where you can kind of um, connect and there's a chat function. So those sorts of things really do make fans kind of connect to a fighter better yeah yeah completely agree um <clears throat> reddit as you mentioned ask me anything threads on reddit uh fantastic and my worry with them to some extent is they tend to be one-offs mm. whereas if they would sit on say twitch playing video games it could be a regular thing they can then interact regularly they can even play boxing video games and offer to face whoever one of the subscribers or something and again create the i know you you know me even if just for a few minutes, creating that sort of one-to-one relationship just for yeah to build with. And I think particularly with Twitch, I would um, 
I would assume that the the market for people on Twitch would be much more male. So I think that that could generate um, and and probably male, but in maybe twenties, early twenties, maybe late uh, early thirties. I think that would be the age bracket. So I guess it's it's also maybe tapping into a market maybe that's not that kind of. Um, you're not engaged with boxing and it's I guess it's another way to be engaged but it's also another way for for just fans to be connected to a fire yeah yeah I think you're right I think it is going to be male dominant I think it is that right age group um it's possibly even a better marketplace for people wanting to want to sell themselves on design a streaming service uh, it's aimed at the 21st century it's aimed at generation Z and millennials maybe twitch and design perhaps could have some sort of working relationship in regards to boxing. Yeah, and I think sometimes I mean there is they've got a lot of similarities that that I think you could see that working well. But I guess it's that logistical um, uh, whether it's beneficial and in, in terms of both sides. But I guess you actually don't know until you've tried. I guess for a fact it doesn't really matter. No. I'm enjoying playing video games. I'm enjoying mm. talking to fans. If you want to watch me, fan-fucking-tastic. Mm. If not, I've still had a bit of fun. Yeah. I can still make a little bit of extra money on this year if you want to subscribe to me. Brilliant. Yeah, and I guess it's also a case that they've, they've not actually lost anything in regards to this. And I, particularly a lot of the social medias we've talked about, I only ever see, it, if it works, gaining. There's nothing lost, but there could be a lot to be gained. Yeah, you might waste a bit of time. Mm. At the end of the day, you might have a bit of fun. Uh, if you have fun and you waste a bit of time, what's the loss in that? And then, of course, you can learn, you can see whether or not it works, whether or not there is any difference. Um, we've also seen international ones like line work for Japanese fighters. Mm-hmm. Uh, Weibo in China is fucking huge. And VK for Russian, Eastern European and Central Asian fighters, massive social media networks. So perhaps for some fighters, it's not about the Western instagram it's not about the facebook's and twitter's it's about the domestic ones yeah and i think that's really interesting because we were obviously talking about much kind of uh, western-based social media um and how to use it maybe on a for western kind of or or people that are used to kind of maybe using a western system but i i don't think we can kind of um understate the the local social medias into in their country and their local way because i guess it as soon as you kind of tap into that market you've got fans and they're homegrown fans yeah if your fans are going to be watching on domestic tv for example Mm. say in japan they're going to be watching on tbs or fuji or wow wow or g plus having that connection via lines invaluable um Mm. Whereas having a connection with millions of Western fans, perhaps, perhaps not so useful at the moment. Mm. Of course, if you're a new air level and you're getting fights in the US, fine. But other than him, maybe there's not any, there's not any other Japanese fighter, for example, who's had that same crossover with the West. Mm. And whilst Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, um, Facebook could help that. Having a massive domestic following that will then talk about you could be an easier avenue to explore. Yeah, I know I agree. I think it would be pointless for somebody to have a huge amount of followers on Instagram if nobody knows them at home or they don't know you for boxing maybe. And I think 
that that point that you you probably want to start at your where your home grown is and then obviously as you develop you might branch out onto these types of social media in a different way um because obviously we're, we're talking about ones that are very westernized yeah and i guess if you make a star yourself at home you end up with big tv figures you end up um, becoming a star and you know that itself will attract other tv companies it'll attract international exposure and you know you gotta do what Wan Heng many often has done in Thailand with no social media. He's fifty four now and he's getting attention from the West. Mm. Just from his record alone. But by then he's already big name in Thailand. Mm. Uh you got Kazuto Ayoko, who's a multi weight world champion in Japan, slowly getting attention in the West. And when that happens, maybe you are closing in on becoming a star. Maybe mm. you've done the hard part and you just gotta keep winning and with that fan base behind you that you've caused, uh, you've got from social media, you've got from your performances, you've got from your call-outs, you perhaps then are in the position to call shots for yourself. Yeah, and I think as we said earlier, like um, at the first part of the podcast, is that a good performance is is key to this. It's, it's, it's being a good fighter is kind of, I guess, the, the basis of all of this. Yeah, and... I guess actually social media in itself will help promote you the other way. If you put on a great performance, if you score a big knockout, if you, you know, do these call outs, social media will itself share that for you. Um, using them yourself will obviously help a hell of a lot, but getting that that viral moment will help make you a star. Mm. It'll help make people want to see you again. And that's, I won't say organic almost, mm. Um, and the organic exposure from fans will help you create uh, yourself a star. It'll help you get the TV figures, which will then attract a new audience in itself. If you get given these opportunities, you take these opportunities, you will get more of them, essentially. Yeah. And I guess, the, the as you said, obviously, you know, people watching, I guess the big um, kind of point about kind of using social media is is getting these tv figures it is getting these pay-per-views it is getting this people watching you do your sport yeah and for you it's fantastic people watching you means that you essentially earn more money mm. um through direct purses through pay-per-view sales through sponsorships everything else that you already mentioned but one thing the sport is really struggling to do is create a new generation of stars mm. at least in some places and maybe by becoming this star, by proving you can become a social media success and a boxing success, by attracting these eyes, you can actually inspire a generation of new fighters. Yeah, and I think that's one of the the most important things, I guess, is is ensuring that that that's sustainable. That there is a new generation coming up and seeing you as a star and wanting to be like you. Yeah. Yeah, I certainly think Oscar De La Hoya's did that very well. I think Tatsuyoshi did that. I think Floyd Mayweather did that. I think Mike Tyson did that. Muhammad Ali did that. Mm. I'm not too sure we've got too many fighters right now who are inspiring the same way. And I think a lot of those that had the ability to have been almost hidden away on a service like DAZN, like pay-per-view, that keeps them at the eyes of the fans that they're trying to inspire. Um, I think that's where Japan does so well is a lot of their fights on free TV. Guys like Inoue, Kaigushi, Ayaka have been on free TV. People have seen them. People have 
picked up the sport because of them. I don't know if that's the same case in the US and the UK, where perhaps pay-per-view, DAZN, subscription services, uh, even Showtime, HBO, have essentially frozen out the youngsters. Yeah, and I guess that, yeah, I, I guess and then if you're freezing out the youngsters, there's a good chance that you're freezing out people that, that are interested in the sport or um, could want to do the sport or even just want to follow you as a sports person. I think, and I think that's real, um, I think it can be really dangerous to kind of overlook how um, kind of watching sport has changed and that, that kind of connection that social media has to sport. I think it's particularly, sorry, I think it's a particularly bad when it comes to boxing because it's a poor person sport. It's mm -hmm. a working class sport. And I think if you're feeding out the working class from watching, I'm not sure whether you'll ever end up with the same hunger and fighters that we once had. Yeah, and I think that's, um, that's the I guess, the, the danger of it if you're pricing out your kind of um, your fans. Thank you for listening. Tune in next time.